You're listening to Seen the Sequel, the movie podcast about sequels to films that were never made. Probably for good reason. This week, we are talking about 1972's American thriller, Deliverance. Directed by John Borman, starring John Voight and Burt Reynolds. And, as ever, alongside me, three men who... Yeah, they all got a pretty mouth. I've got Al, I've got Joe, and I've got John. Welcome back, guys. As regular listeners will know, each episode we've got 30 minutes to discuss the film, and then we've got to come up with a plot for the sequel that hasn't been created. We've got to cast it, we've got to set a director to it, and someone at the end has to do the all-important pitch. Is it going to make the cut? Well, as ever, we've all listened to the film recently, and this week we've gone for a classic. I watched it as well as listening to it. (laughs) <laughs> I think you're showing, showing, off, showing off your age again there. <laughs> the radio play, Deliverance. <laughs> On the wireless. As regular, regular listeners will know that John takes the piss a lot. Anyway, we have, uh, we've all watched it as well recently, as well as listening to it, because it's a sort of audio-visual thing. Uh, and straight to you then, John, a classic, 72's Deliverance. Come on then. Yeah. Um, so re-watched it day before this recording. Um... And I haven't actually watched it for ages, um, but it's amazing how familiar it was. Um, I've seen it only, I think, a couple of times before before uh, yesterday. And yeah, I was amazed at like, how much I remembered. Like, obviously, you remember like the big events and the, and the vibe and stuff, but specific visual, specific scenes, specific lines, um, kind of half saying them before they popped up. I guess, I guess one of the things that, sort of changed for me this time from what I remember my reactions to it was when I was younger. Um, is that, uh, I don't want to go like too sort of philosophical about it, but I've got more sympathy <laughs> for the vision of the rural people that are played out in this film. Um, so, cause I don't remember I mean, it's just like naivety. That, like, interesting, sort of, interesting tape. Yeah, but, 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 but like <laughs> the I'm urbanites, the all urban... Of, all of them? Well, no, 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 no. None of them in specific, but just, just, their, just their people's general being. I get it, yeah. I get it, yeah. Um, because the film at the start, and it has those scenes, those shots at the start about like the environmental destruction. And you, so you can read the film, I think, as a film about these rich urban people who represent maybe the companies that are raping this land and they're raping this land like crazy. They're destroying it to the point of not only destroying their inhabitat, their, their environment, but they're, 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 you know, they're creating all of these problems and these genetic disorders and stuff that are, that are happening. So you can very much read the film, I think, as, the rich people are raping this land and these people, and then they're using those people and the land for their pleasure. They're going on a canoe trip. And then the only way that the poor people have to fight back is through violence and sexual violence of, and, and, and actual explicit rape in this sense. Um, so it's almost like it's almost hiding that element of sort of polite society where it's all a facade and like ultra violence is just below the surface of what we do all the time, whether that's an explicit rape of someone or a company raping this land and these people invisibly so that you can have a nice life. 
Um, so I thought the film was super interesting. And I don't think I, well, no, as a, as a kid, as an 18, 19 year old, whenever I, how old I was when I first watched it, I wasn't thinking about it like that. But certainly when I rewatched it, I was like, okay, this is actually, it's not a one sided thing. The, the Burt Reynolds and his crew, John Voy, are representatives of dickheads as well. No one's a good guy in this film. No, that's I think, fair enough. I think that's, I, I mean, I think that's... Go on now. what's I def- your thoughts? I definitely would always, yeah, I've, I, I'd take it like that as well. It's about don't mess with what you can't understand and how people are getting left behind and how, you know, you're going to get stung if you don't respect it. And, um, uh, you know, great movie. Great movie. I'd class it as, I mean, what a movie. I mean, what a film. Like, I class it as, like, with Fatal Attraction as one of those legendary films that scares the shit out of men. And um, I've always, like, thought it was incredible. It's amazing how much I find the rape scene gets almost worse every time I watch it. Mm. Like, mm. I find it... It's disturbing, isn't it? It's disturbing. And I th- tell you, it's all about the details in this film. Like, you know, the bit that's so... The thing that's so scary about it is the way they don't really fight. They don't have it in them. The, the scariest turn is when he finally throws his knife into that tree and runs for him. Mm. And like, it's just like a, this jaw-droppingly devastating moment. Um, you know, obvi- <laughs> you know, and like little details like, I don't know, like, yeah, like he doesn't fight, like Voight's just sort of, you know, and like the way um, Ronnie Cox's character sort of passes out in the boat. And like, that brings me to the other thing I love about it, which is the ambiguity throughout the second half of whether it's paranoia. Was it him? We don't know. Um, you know, absolutely outstanding. And obviously just iconic and infamous. Like, you know, even like you think of um, Gavin and Stacey, like the camping trip or whatever. <laughs> like, what? Like, no, no you, it's true. It's true. It's like it's influenced yes, a lot. Well, Corden, well Gavin Corden. and Stacey is a British version of Deliverance. It's you know, there's that joke, running joke about it. What happened on that camping trip? It's influenced so much in pop culture about like you know all over the place about like what happened on the river. You, do you know what I mean? Like you don't talk. You know, like it's you know it's Bobby at the end. I won't be seeing you for a little while. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We're not going to talk about it. And, um, you know, the beautiful moment when he breaks down at the dinner table, like Bobby doesn't That's even, Bobby doesn't even give him any sympathy because yeah. to do that would to be to sort of break the code of silence, you know, um, so deep, so well, that the, the relationships, fuck me, man. Like, you know, they're driving. Sorry, I'll end on this. It's just one of the moments I really love the moment when Lewis is burning rubber <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah. And I love that dynamic with uh, Ed, with Voigt. And he's like, God damn it, you son of a bitch, you're going to kill us all. And it's really well filmed with the reflection of the trees. So you kind of feel like he can't tell where he's going. Mm. And through you, you suddenly you think, why would Ed ever be in a car with this guy? And you know why? Because they're really, really old friends and therefore it's set up without ever having to spell it out for you. And, um, you know, and that, and just, I think character wise, um, as well as, you know, everything John said before is, is it's excellently done as well. Nice one, man. Joe. Um, hello. Yeah. I, I, uh, I I agree. Like, what a film. What a film. Uh, It's fucking awesome. And, uh, you know, very, very iconic. Um, uh, On rewatch, I, you know, I I was just dreading. I was just, I was just scared. Like, you know, like the build up, the first like half an hour, you're like, oh, I don't want to watch this. But equally, it's so well done. Like talking about specifically the rape scene, right? I don't want to see this. Um, But it's so well executed 
that you do you do want to watch it. And yeah. once you're in, it's it's just so gripping. Can't take your um, eyes off it, can you? Yeah. It, which is a testimony to it. And your point, <laughs> Al, about the the little the little details, like I just think that the sound mix is just astonishingly good. Yeah. Like like the the, the ability that they've They've nailed the friendship and the dialogue because there are multiple conversations happening at the same time, like on the river and like straight bang, right? I think, is it Warner Brothers logo at the beginning? Um, laughing, it's laughing. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's yeah. laughing straight straight in over the logo with like dialogue with multiple people talking and it's, it, it's rich. It's, uh, it's, very, it's very well done. Such an effect, effective opening, isn't it? That And w- w- going back to what John said, um, uh, Lewis actually says it on that voiceover. He's like, we're going to rape it. They're going to rape this land. They're going to rape it. He actually says it. It's like foreshadowing what happened. Mm. I'll tell you what's interesting. Um, following the film, just looking up here, um, Jimmy Carter established a films commission to encourage television and movie production in Georgia following the release of this film. So it almost parodies what you were saying, John, about companies coming. To this date, tourism, tourism increased by 2012 Mental. because of this uh, legislation he'd put in. They had made $20 million just due to films and movies being made in Georgia. Yeah. Well, so in many ways, when they're going there at first to, to, to charter the unconquered land, yeah. now because of this film, that is something positive that comes out of it. Also, I want to say, this is everything, my favourite era, 70s, no debate, and this film is so 70s. You wouldn't get a film like this made today, especially with the pace... It's just everything I love about it, the suspense, the realism, the humanism in, in it as well. And you're right, Joe, the dialogue is just absolutely stunning. We talk about, it's Ned Beatty's first film. We talk about Burt Reynolds in this film, man. Oh, it's his, It's got to be his most, his coolest role with zero irony, right? He is that cool. Oh, he is that cool. Brutal. Well, he almost plays a stereotype of himself, in it, doesn't he? Like, like the the sort of hunter gav, not even the gatherer, just a hunter. But what um, kind of e- what kind of era does this come in his body of work? Was he? Do you know what I mean? Was he just straight up Burt Reynolds and there wasn't any yeah, kind of parody to him at that point? I don't really understand. Maybe. I don't really know the answer to that. Can I just say something on the Jimmy Carter thing? And also on the thing that I was saying about, you know, like, uh, you know, like, like they don't want to acknowledge that the rapes happened. So there was also a thing in uh, when Joe Biden was vice president under Barack Obama, he used in a speech deliverance as an example of talking about why it's hard for rape, rape victims to come forward. So he used deliverance as an example of, like, here's an example really? of a man, yeah, male being raped. And what, what does Bobby want to do in the film? He doesn't want to go to the police. He wants to bury this, literally bury it. He yeah. wants to, no one to know about it. It's embarrassing. It's shameful. The male ego, the male sexual identity has been completely corrupted. He wants no one to ever talk about it again. And yeah, Joe Biden said, like, and now we're surprised that that, um, you know, we, we shouldn't be surprised even that like victims of rape, whether male or female, it is completely humiliating. You need to reach out to them. You can't just expect them to come and go to the law and think it's, it's going to be okay. Like it is a humiliating act and people want to hide humiliating things. Definitely, man. Well, I think, you know, this film is such a powerful uh, product on many, many levels, but uh, it has come to us <laughs> To do it justice. And now, 2021. And after all of that, we're now going <laughs> well, to de-age someone. we've got to, man. We've got to. We're going to de-age it. There's going to be a child in it. Timothy Chalamet is there. And uh, Sean Connery is just going to be floating down the river in a coffin. Who wants to pick up Deliverance 
Two delivered. Do, we'll do a CGI uh, Reynolds like um, like we did with Peter Cushing in in Star Wars film. It's just lurking. Uh, who, who wants to kick things off? Well, I'll bounce off what you were saying actually, Curry, about how you you know it screams seventies. It's it's you know how much you love the suspense, the pacing. Um, I think go as to springboard into the type of sequel I want to make to it. What I would say about this film is. If it was made now, it, this film could not exist now without being like a full-blown Bloomhouse horror movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, it would be done as a horror movie now. Yeah, it would. Um, you know, to, for this to be filed, it's filed as like a, a drama. You know, I put this almost under Last House on the left. That yeah, cu- exactly. Exactly that kind or, of thing. Or um, the, other, the other way it would be done now, I, I imagine, would be like a revenge. Like, uh, you know, you, you'd, yeah. enjoy, you'd enjoy watching them. Like uh, Mandy. Suffer like, and then like, get the revenge. Like suffer and then flip it and and like you know hunt them down and take yeah. out the rednecks. Well, hang on, Joe. We we might be hearing this from Al's very lips in a minute. What are you saying? Oh well, that, no, that, is that, that your idea? Is it? No, oh. that, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I haven't said anything. Um, and just on that, I was just going to flag two things in it. It's quite rawly made as well, isn't it? Like, um, did you notice the hair in the gate on one of the rapid sort of POV scenes? There's like a couple of hair in the gate scenes, which like, why have you used it? And also some interesting sort of day for night filters in the mountain climbing uh, sequence as well, where it looks like it's sort of a solar eclipse. But anyway, I just thought I'd give them my geek, my geeks, um, my geek mind a little... Um, you know, so it's a revenge film, Al. Is I don't know. Idea? I just wanted to get that out there because I'd noticed it. Anyway, so I think this would be done now through a sort of neat white power neo-Nazi sort of threat. Um, so I guess Voigt's <laughs> I kind of just went with the joke, deliver Trump or something like that. And um, yeah. and, Vo- uh, and yeah. Voigt and Ed has been sort of scarred for life for so long, just as the ending of the film suggests, because he can't sleep anymore without seeing the hand come out the river. And um, he, uh, it's sort of just made, made him descend into who John Voigt is today, which is <laughs> no, like yeah. a psychopathic, you know, God-fearing Trump, oh, Trump supporter. Trump supporter. So uh, we flip it and Ed is now like the head of, a neo-Nazi faction in uh, <laughs> in Middle America, um, Ned Beatty and Burt Reynolds. So um, uh, Bobby and uh, and Lewis are no longer with us, sadly. Um, Ronnie Cox, can someone tell me is if is he alive? Because this is early Ronnie Cox. Because obviously Beverly Hills Cop, totally. Yeah, he's still alive. Ronnie Cox is in it. Oh no, he died. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> um, great. Go, go. Not, so, not, there you go. Say so basically, great, basically, basically, all I've got is John Voigt is now the leader of a neo-Nazi yeah, faction. It, it's and interesting. He goes back. And he ha- goes back. You're saying so? Well, it's, a, it's flooded, pick- isn't it? So he can't go back. But um, he's no. But I mean, to back to Georgia. Sorry. Yeah, unless he lives on a boat. <laughs> well, it's interesting that because I thought what you were going to say when you go down the route of politics and it's Trump and I thought you were going to say that the, the the rural people, the rednecks or whatever are like Trump supporters and the people going to visit there are the left, uh, well, not left wing, like the sort of democratic supporters. But actually you're right. No one and everyone in the film is right wing, aren't they? Every single person in the film is yeah, I mean, would be a Trump supporter, Every all of them. Yeah, I mean, that's like summed up with, I guess it's a lot more controversial now to just wake up in the morning and try and kill a deer than it was then. Mm. Um, <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? You know what I mean? But I just put wake that down up to... Wake in the morning kill I put, a deer. I put that down to era. I suppose they are fairly liberal. I mean, Lewis less so, I suppose. Lewis but, not, um, yeah. Yeah, not, but um, I suppose they're... He ain't liber- voting for a woman president. 
I like the idea. <laughs> I think you're of, right. I guess uh, you're right. Yeah. A boy as a as a leader and going back and totally being crap. I think it's a great idea, Joe. What you got? I actually didn't. I didn't. I didn't want Voight back. Um, particularly. What are you thinking? I was thinking new cast. I, I like related. I was thinking new cast somehow related to and have heard the stories or um, the, the 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 myth or the legend and want to go want to go and find out more about that. So like you know I don't know that like daughter or whatever finds this story so fascinating. What, written, they, what, they, they written go down. out there. He's written it down. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe he's written it down. <laughs> Death, deathbed. You here know, we go. Here we go. John Voight cameo you, in the first five minutes. Whatever you, whatever you do, don't go. <laughs> don't go there. Um, I can't, Dad. It's flooded. Good. Right. Next. I like then, the idea of a John Voight cameo because now that Sean Connery is dead, maybe we can just insert John Voight as our uh, as maybe, our as our white elderly gentleman. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. Sim- similar politics, no doubt. Um, so yeah. I okay, guess, Joe. Sorry, Joe. Over to you. Well, that was that was it. I mean, that's oh, that's, that's, what, that's okay. what I've got. Is is the, you know well, they they they, they I, the passing of the torch, sort of like a sequel without needing to crowbar well, about... Voight into it. Because let's face it, he's an asshole. We don't want to work with him, and yeah. uh, I don't think he can act anymore. Can he? <laughs> Probably not. I mean, uh, astonishing uh, performance in this in this film. Like un- out- unbelievably great. Um, but yeah. but look, I mean, you look at the videos he's posting now on Twitter, and you just think, I mean, I don't want this guy in our fucking He's movie. lost his mind. I'm so let's, have, I'm him, let's think, have him deathbed. Deathbed. I'm, just, I'm trying to think what else he's um, done like super recently. I mean, uh, Curry Midnight Cowboy is one of your favorites in it. So I'm number assuming... one favorite film of all time. Oh, a recent there, movie. There you go. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. So you must have a little soft spot for I'd John Boyd. I'd go as well. far as to say I don't want him in this film at all. At I, all. Okay. But, so. so... But, we need him in the film to, for it to be a sequel. So why don't we CGI him on his deathbed? <laughs> fucking CGI. So we kill John Voight. Yeah, we kill Listen. we kill John Voight uh, as a CGI. You know, like you know, it's, it's clearly him, but we don't want him in the movie. So I've got an idea, right? You, it's the. Pre- I'm going to say this and don't pick up on it. It's the presence of Voight. What I mean by this is I like Al's idea about neo-Nazi's head, but you don't have to have him as a character and just have him as an aloof figure that will just sort of totally turn to camera and then walk away. It's almost just like the presence of someone what? like that. that you. Well, look at it this way, right? <laughs> the whole film centres about them getting away and going back. So if there's going to be a neo-Nazi breakout in Georgia and there's a new cast that are going there and there's going to be confrontation, it could be along the lines of voting. I think that's an excellent idea mm. to try and sort of, you know, come to the rural out back reaches to try and stir up some democratic votes hey that's you could nice just... that's a nice they've they've gone there to try and change the opinion exactly yeah exactly nice. and so yeah and, that, and that taps into the naivety yeah totally and you could have Voight, but he could just be way in the background as the as the sort of leader that never comes to the forefront in the camera you know like the, the sort of... <laughs> i think Voight's i think just so he's in it and he's on set every day Hang on, just as why, a, why? an extra why are we why are we letting go what Carrie said? I think every film we've ever done and every film we ever do, including this one, should have John Voigt looking at the camera and then walking away without saying anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we're we're missing we're also missing a trick. We've probably given honorable mention to the fact there has been an unofficial sequel to Deliverance in uh, Anaconda. Com- Anaconda, John Voigt's other river film. Well, I thought you were gonna oh, say where, he play, where he plays a Colombian or some shit. Southern Comfort. <laughs> 
thought you were going to go with Southern Comfort. That oh, was the sort of... Um, can I... Yeah, I've actually yeah, got yeah, something absolutely. somewhat serious to say based on Joe's idea. So Joe was talking about, like, it's the son or daughter or whatever, the uh, the the uh, children of the people involved. I wonder if we can carry on with that legacy aspect. But you remember at the end of the festival, like, the, the police, the local police are confused as to what's happened. So maybe it's like a young police officer is picking back up the case of what's happened to this missing these missing people. And that's how we link it in to a new generation rather than saying it, it's the exact it's the children of the people involved Do they you've rem- nailed it man what it is right you get a democratic the first start of the film is a democratic uh, parties or door knockers oh yeah this go sounds similar and, to what I said well, no but listen <laughs> and one of them goes missing and therefore it's under serious you know similar circumstances so they go back through the records and it turns out that people disappear within the area and it could be linked right back to the earlier of deliverance and then you go through and this has happened again and so therefore it's the police working with to try and solve the mystery of what's going on and then they uncover neo-nazis so yeah um, what, actually, I, what i I was just what I like about like that. Go on. All right. All right. I'll go. What I like about that is that it gets away from the stereotype of Southern police being just idiots, right? Who just like, well, bumbling fools that can't do anything. We need the FBI to come in and help it. Like, actually, like someone is in this Georgian police force uh, who actually gives a shit. Like, who is, who is trying to fucking fix these mistakes that they've made. I like that because you know what? From your idea as well, Curry, um, for the beginning linked with what John's saying to both of them is like you could have someone arriving who is a relative of this democratic door knocker who's gone missing and they're like you know or like someone sent by them and they're like look he went missing like last year you know and I know this is the last sort of place he was seen whatever so the cop sort of starts going through all the missing person cases and imagine we're like what's this got to do with deliverance got like nothing to do with deliverance and then boom just like one of the files on the desk is just uh the rapist, the, picture. the rapist, yeah, and you just, yeah. just recognise him, and it's just like, oh my god, it's going to get dug up again. And that, I'm that, excited. that is a good, hook. that is a good hook, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that is a good. Hook. Can I just ask um, the elephant in the room here? Who's getting raped? <laughs> no, I did. I did. Fuck it out, man. <laughs> we all thought it. It was the elephant. Yeah, um, no, John, the, can can I suggest John Voigt? Well, I was going to go down. Are they <laughs> slightly cannibalistic? Are they cannibalistic? Is it that kind of level the, of? Uh, the thing is, maybe make, that's how John Voigt dies. To make, oh God, <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> to make to make Deliverance two, it is so infamous. It, we are trapped into the fact that we can't not have a rape scene of some sort. I suppose. I was a bit more I was a bit more facetious than we definitely have to have a rape I I so I people are being I, like bracing themselves for it. Yeah, so, so I think you riff on that right people are bracing themselves for it they're ready this is this is a film set in the same sounds like we're doing like a universe build on deliverance right it's, it's less of a sequel and we're creating a universe where like it's loosely connected um, I, I think you riff on that you have the threat of rape hanging over the film uh but but never actually never actually do it a bit a bit i guess a bit like um you know uh, uh once upon a time in hollywood the threat of knowing that oh, that's that interesting. Yeah, I mean, is gonna yeah. is gonna get mm. murdered brutally um over the whole like you know that weight over the whole yeah. first watch of that film is so intense but never actually happens and it's, yeah. just, and it's just as I, I, powerful 
As, also, as listen, I've got it. to say, as much as we are talking about this film and we are talking about rape, it is a serious thing, you know? And it's just, it, it, I don't think, I think we've got to be careful where we sort of bait around flippantly, even, even joking or something like that. You're right, it is so synonymous with that first film, but I think the threat of it now is so significant that you don't have to follow through. And yeah. I think yeah. that is it's a well, serious course, thing. Yeah, so. of course. And, and also just to... Yes, of course, and whatever. Now this thing, like what Joe's, <laughs> Joe, what, what, I think what Joe's Joe put tough about Hollywood, about what's my time in Hollywood, uh, and the threat of rape and the sort of overarching and the sort of constant tension and fear over the film. I think, I think Quentin Tarantino. I know I'm jumping ahead here. Quentin Tarantino would fucking be a good director. He'd be all over this. this film, yeah. Like he would, and it's this like his sort of like oh like I can do my version of that, like you know, like I reckon that would be pretty I, sweet. It did cross my mind um, because one of the things, if I was going to sum up, when you take when you strip back Tarantino and like say what do I actually love about his writing, and always have loved about his writing from Reservoir Dogs onwards, is that he's capable of anything happening at any point, no matter how dark and, and his, and his scripts are as gripping as this script. Like, you know, you are gripped through traumatic stuff. Um, just like, just like this film. So it did cross my mind, but, um, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if it's the answer. John Voigt death scene. Come on. I'm in. Okay, well, look, so I think where we're heading to at the moment, just a summer, I think we're sort of we're moving into just cast a second. I mean, in many ways, the narrative of this film is such that I don't think the cast is necessarily so important. I do think we need a, a good Southern cop who's going to investigate. Um, but I think other than that, I don't really see the need for going cast heavy. I don't know about you boys. Well, I thought Kevin Hart would be good. <laughs> Well, like, um, you get him and sort of, uh, isn't he in Jumanji with the rocks? Well, him and like, the rock yeah. are the, are the, are the, oh, are, are the, are the cop buddies who are trying to solve the case. <laughs> well, that's, that's like a sort of fish out water sort of thing, isn't it? As well, Jumanji. Directed so maybe, by Quentin Tarantino. Maybe, maybe this is the way we go with it. It's like deliverance to Jumanji. Um, <laughs> I'd like to throw someone in for cop if I could. Yes. Tom Hardy. No. <laughs> Too tough, too too uh, too automatically oh, tough. He, he'd do something weird with it as well, wouldn't he? He'd do something. Right. He'd do something totally. I'm thinking. Well, like I, I was thinking. I, I was thinking. Josh Brolin, perfect. perfect. Yeah, Josh Brolin. Oh, yeah, but boy, oh boy, has he kind of done that role? Today. Yeah, he has. But you can see him in it. He's very, you know, he's very good at doing that role. He's so attractive as well. He's like my ultimate man crush, Josh Brolin. Like, what I was going to say, because I was going to link the director choice I was going to go for with this to a uh, good cop as well. Honest, on, honest cop. So a, a modern day director who's made three films that are very gripping through their threat and through ultimately with extreme violence is um, S. Craig Zala, you know, the bone tomahawk and... Um, Brawl on Cell Block yeah, 99. Not a bad uh, show. And what is it? Yeah. What's the last one, which I thought was worse, but still good? Dragged Across Concrete. Yeah. So, mm. um, Patrick Wilson, who is in. Mm. Uh, who is in the, con- con- the his, Conjuring? Guy, aren't you? Is in The Conjuring. Have yeah. I mentioned him before? I thought. Yeah, I was, he's I was, only I, every episode. He's rubbish as well. He's a, I don't think oh, he's very I good. like him in The Conjuring. He's got oh, the I've right got... face for it. He's a good visual casting option. Okay, forget Patrick Wilson then. Oh, tell you what, though, Al, you, you could have hit it on the head. Aging police officer Kurt Russell. 
I like it's sort of casting Kurt Russell instead of Jeff Bridges, who would have done this role. Sort of exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's the other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the other. yeah, I yeah I could go with that. Maybe the sheriff, like a sheriff and Kurt Russell. Yeah. yeah. Although, does it become less? Is there just something about? I mean, I'm going against what I said about Bone Tomahawk here. Is there just something a bit less threatening when you see Def- Kurt Russell? 100%. There's, com- there's comfort there. Well, same, Do you know yeah, what I mean? it's the same with Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges did a similar thing in, what's that fucking film he did when he was like a, a sheriff in a sort of old town? Hell in High Water. Hell in High Water, yeah. Very similar to that role. He also parried it before he did it in um, R.I.P.D. Joe, mm. you've probably watched that mm. one. With um, <laughs> Deadpool. What's Deadpool called? Um, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Okay, so uh, have we decided? Cop? Um, I like Patrick Wilson, to be honest. Three for Patrick Wilson, we're going in. Okay, we've talked about directors. I I, I must admit, I I like this Tarantino idea. I think it's um, it's got legs. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I don't know what the story of this film is. There's like some voting going on and then there's like a cop who's <laughs> involved in the yeah, vote. That's, that's what we haven't... Uh, we, we, we've got the setup, we've got the foundation of a story, or we've got the setting, but we don't actually have a story at all. And what I like so much about the first film is like... It, it's quite simple, right? Once they're on the river, you, you know you're going to be on the river for the rest of the, the movie. That's, the, yeah. that's the, like, you know... The, yeah, you know, the story. Uh, the story is that yeah. it's men on a river surviving, and that's um, good as well because the river is a constant danger that's always literally moving them forward, and they can't even if they've avoided the 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 people chasing them. The river is still killing them, or that's could potentially so, kill so, them. So great, the claustrophobic nature of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I've got an idea. Exactly. Yeah. What about this then? So here's a little premise. I'm not going to pitch this, but I'm just going to sort of give a, an overview of the film. So film starts. Someone goes missing. Um, under suspicious, uh, suspicious circumstances, they start investigating. To Al's point, they go back through all the missing persons records and certain faces pop up and there's the link back to deliverance. The whole thing centres around uh, a neo-Nazi gang that have infiltrated and they're almost kosher in a way that they're sort of involved in businesses and that sort of thing. I think the river is such a central character within the first film. The only thing that I can think of is that the way that they're navigating and getting away with it is that they're making use of old mines that sit under, whether diamond mines or gold mines, and all of the tracks and tunnel ways that sort of move underneath the land. That's how they they get the the bow. I'm I'm still hooked, Curry, go on. And therefore, the whole whole purpose is is to sort of break through... they start pinning something on one of the neo-Nazi uh, leaders who's actually quite an upstanding member of the community and slowly the facade strips away and it becomes a question of police versus neo-Nazis and then they've got to track them down, they discover the mine and then they actually discover what they're up against which is sort of illegal drug running and that sort of thing and that's why people are going <laughs> what? missing. What? <laughs> Boom! <laughs> it's like illegal, breaking illegal back. drug running? Where did that yeah. come from? Yeah, I thought I'd chuck it in there. Oh, yeah. right, yeah, okay. What, what, so, no, you've not thought about it at all. What I like about this is that literally there's no connection to deliverance apart from one scene. <laughs> there's a file and the picture of the guys on it. John Voigt uh, looks to camera and then walks away. What more do you need? <laughs> I've got, I've got, I'm going to strip it all back. I think the Tarantino thing has hooked me in a little bit. I think you could make a sequel now directed by Tarantino. And what would make him want to do it? It would be set like maybe in the same like a couple of months before it gets flooded. And so you just absolutely recast it with a couple of, you know, maybe you recast Ed, he might be the only returning character and you have a lot of new characters and it's just, you dive back into the river and it's actually shoots it raw on those raw, like, you know, 
30, 30, 32 mil cameras. And it's just like, it's a strip back. And like, you know, like Tarantino did with like the, the, the hateful eight. He was like, you know what? Fuck it. This time I'm just going to make one. I'm just going to make one of those Western epics. He's remaking. All right. Are you ready to pitch? No, sequel, sequel. So, um, before you pitch though, if, if this is your pitch, what's it called? We've got to name it. Deliverance 2, I told <laughs> Deliverance 2. Deliverance 2, is that what it's Deliverance called? Deliverance Returns. A, 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 delivered? Delivered. Deliveroo. Delivered. Um, I, you know. Brand partnership done. <laughs> They're all on bikes. There's all four. This, yeah, this is, this is the film that Deliveroo is like putting all their weight behind. <laughs> They've only got one question. Who's getting raped? <laughs> oh, the customer. <laughs> It's not even. It's the delivery driver. They're the ones that get raped, aren't they? Well, I just had this. Like, I just had this image of instead of four guys on canoes, it's just four guys on scooters with with the big, with the big blue boxes on the back. All right, listen, listen. Are we, are we going with Deliverance Two? Part Two. All right, come on then. Out. This is a big moment. Okay, Pitch so it, take so it Tarantino's made this film. He's gone back. He's using all the same technology. He's doing it exactly like the original. Um, and you know, over the Warner Brothers logo, ding, 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 ding. not too predictable, I suppose, but, um, <laughs> bravo. Oh, bravo. <laughs> bravo. Well, you came we up know with that. that there's a banjo. Ding, 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 ding. Yo, yo, mean, bang. incredible, incredible. Come on now. This <laughs> what, is an big moment. what an idea. Um, so, um, it turns out that, um, there is, we didn't meet him, but there's a decent cop amongst cops in, um, where do they go to air tree? Um, ain't you? Ain't you? It always sounds like they said, ain't you? Ain't you? Um, and he's played by Patrick Wilson. And um, he's just like, not so sure. He felt a bit sorry. You know, we, we maybe play out some of the same scenes and he's actually lurking in the background. And the way the police are trying to intimidate Bobby and Ed a little bit, he's not so keen on that. Um, but at the same time, he does want to solve the case for real. So um, he, before the river uh, is flooded, he starts taking a little trek along trickle on the river and um he stumbles upon the buddy and it wasn't the toothless guy wasn't the guy he killed on the mountain it was indeed the wrong guy and that guy's brother-in-law which we kind of wonderfully ambiguous about the last one mm. is like is the brother-in-law did he just go hunting and then raping or is it a totally different person we don't know but we can imagine it probably is a different person so um toothless guy turns up um and confesses that um, his, these city boys killed his friends. We recast Ed. Uh, Patrick Wilson goes after him, brings him back to the river. Um, and, you know, somehow they, the, the, the hillbillies, um, you might have guessed I'm making this up as I go along now, they, they give him a trial by hillbilly um, in, <laughs> the, sort of, in, the, in the wooden huts. And Patrick Wilson is trying to stop that from happening. And, um, and then Ed um, is finally saved by Patrick Wilson and um, they go off. But Patrick Wilson's on to him and, and is pretty much going to arrest him for the proper trial at this point. And it's called Deliverance Part Two, and unbelievably, it's directed by Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> and um, it's um, got exactly the same. You know, it's, it it feels wonderfully feels like it was made in 1974, like two years later. Well, there you go, guys. Deliverance Part Two, uh, Part Two. It had everything, didn't it? Did it? Did it actually have anything? Either way, we've loved having you around. That's all that matters to us. And uh, we will see you on the next one. If you get a chance to write us five stars, great. If you want us to murder any of your favourite films, just drop us a line. We're more than happy to uh, do that for you. If not, guys, we'll see you on the next one. Cheers.